Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, uh, so it's your uh, humble editor here to let you guys know that I had an issue recording my files. So uh, when you hear my voice in this podcast from here on out, it was recorded in post and I'm guessing at what I was saying. So I'm sorry that this episode took so long to come out. And thank you for your patience, and I hope you enjoy. to another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. We have LJ, Uncle Tony, Pops, me, Kevin, going on for you today. What's going on, fellas? What's up? Hello. Man, there's um. So we are recording this as of Tuesday night, the end of trade deadline in the NFL. And was this the NBA trade deadline or the Look NFL? Like, a, lot, a lot of shit was happening. Yeah. Blood on the streets, man. Blood on the streets. So, uh, is it just, or we do this, this could be one of those things we do every year, but this felt more active than a normal NFL trade deadline, right? Or am I? Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, I, it, Cause we had just feel so. like it. It was. It wasn't was. It? Really? Okay. Well, sometimes we do those things. We're like, like we talked last week. We're like, Oh my God, the NFL is so crazy. And then if you look back you're like, Oh no, it's always at week six. We don't know what the, like everything we thought was wrong or kind of thing. So I, it felt like, especially with blockbuster deals, we had, and we got to get LJ's uh, thoughts on the Chubb deal going from Broncos, McCaffrey a couple weeks ago. Just in general, you had a bunch of impactful trades that weren't those, and then also some big ones like Rokon Smith and even the Claypool was an interesting. Uh, Bunny Calvin Ridley gets traded to the Jaguars, the same team he got suspended for betting on a Jaguars game <laughs> last year. So that it's interesting. And then we also got to touch on the most influential bong hit ever, so the the oh yeah I don't know where I'm going with this. No, no. what are you talking about? <laughs> Larry Laramie Tunsil yeah. taking a bong hit six years ago turned into Jalen Waddle, Javon Holland, Tyreek Hill, Bradley Chubb, and I can't think of the other guy, other guy's name, but because that started the rattle of picks, and then they traded for the Trey Lance trade, which got them all those other stuff. I mean, and now Miami's just building the building the team down there in South Beach. Yeah, That's a pull, right? That's awesome. <laughs> the bong hit that changed the NFL. Good job. The bong hit 30 for 30. What if I told you a bong hit changed this franchise forever? <laughs> oh man, I remember that. And that was just so iconic with that like uh that 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 that, that gas mask. Oh man. I'm I'm looking at the gas mask and bong hit right now. It's I, just I, iconic is what it is. I think the dolphins should get one of those stickers and put it on the back of their helmet. The bong hit, the gas mask and stuff. That'd be cool. All right, so Pops, let's just go. Let's go right over to you. Start it out. What trade do you want to talk about? 
Um, Bradley Chubb. I think Chubb to Miami. Okay. Uh, uh, th- that seemed like that was potentially a game changer. I mean, he he so still is. Miami's, there anything wrong with the guy? I mean, no. I think he's like right. finally healthy. When his sack total has been down just a little, right? Hadn't it? But or something. Well, it might have been, but I'm I'm telling you, I've been watching every game, and I'm pretty sure I've seen him in the backfield on just about every damn play. Yeah. So are they are the are the uh, Broncos bailing on the season already? Or so okay. Yeah, I don't go? know where you want to take it, Kev. But I I don't know. It, it, in the game this week, they in the second half of that game, they finally started looking like a real damn football team, and I was really like. Seeing them moving in the right direction, and this does. This feels like we're getting rid of our maybe our best defensive player, and it just it sucks. Wait, who did they play last week? They played the Jags on the early. So if they game play the Jags so. every week, they could get in the playoffs. Is that? Yeah, I think I think that helps. <laughs> I think that's the face Tony was making. <laughs> Raiders, uh, they play the Raiders and the Jags. That'd be fun. I don't know though. They were like they were finally moving the ball in a positive direction. Their defense was still playing lights out. It's just. They're they're not that far out of a potential wild card spot. I really could see them like making some noise if they get in there. If they can really get some consistency on, consistency on offense, but it's just hard. It's just well, hard. I, I, to me, I was looking up uh, Chubb's sack totals. He did go twelve, and then one. I think he was hurt in nineteen, and then seven and a half, zero five and a half this year. This year was his. his he was he was on pace to get back to the Chubb we saw. But I think LJ makes a good point. His sack total might not be there, but he's still making impacts on the game. Uh, but to get back to the original point on the Broncos putting on the season, they also traded for a they traded a fourth round pick for a defensive end from the Jets. He's not a great defensive end, but it, clearly they were doing it to fill the need of Chubb. I don't think they are punting on the season, but it does feel a little bit because what what I think they end up doing pops is and it was what the deal with Chubb is. So in general. The pass rushing market is about to go crazy this offseason because there's a lot of really good pass rushers up. And the Broncos pretty much said, we're not going to commit the ton of money it's going to cost to bring Chubb back. So let's try to get a pick for him. And most teams, from what I was hearing early Tuesday morning before the deadline, was no team wanted to do the trade unless they already had a deal in place for Chubb, an extension. Because once you do that trade, like if you give up a big draft compensation, you kind of give him all the leverage because he knows you want to resign him. And I think the Dolphins finally, right towards the end of the deadline, said, F it, we, we think we have a chance at the Super Bowl. We don't have the contract in place, but let's go ahead and get Chubb in, in the building. And they're working and so on I don't signing think it's the him, right? to- Do what? I think they're working on signing him now, right? I, yeah, I don't think they have yet, but that, that, if you're going to trade for him, you're not doing it for a rental. I think you're doing it because Chubb's still – he's in the prime of his career right now. And I – what me and LJ were saying before you guys got on the call before we started the recording, uh, it would I wouldn't be shocked at all if because we just hadn't paid attention to Chubb because one the Broncos before this year just it's been kind of a mess and there's also a really good young corner in Sertan who's kind of taken defensively a lot of people focus on him and then this year in every game it's more about what's wrong with Russ and not the defense playing well. It wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden you're like. Oh shit, Bradley Chubb is really, really good at edge rusher, and Miami is dangerous. LJ, so you feel like they're punting? The Broncos are punting on the season? By this yeah, point? I don't know. It's just like past trauma, I guess. And it might have also been a thing of we're going to pay Chubb, or maybe they could have paid both, but then you paid Russell Wilson all that money, I guess. But uh, you'd like to, the, the two most important things on defense right now is have a good pass rusher and a lockdown corner. And they had both of those things. You just lock both of them up. Tony, do you want to talk about? 
Chubb leaving the Broncos, or I kind of want to get to what does this do? We all said the Dolphins are frisky. They still have not lost a game that Tua has finished, uh, but we know that has been he's had a few concussion issues. How dangerous are the Dolphins? Like, do we put them in the the Chiefs Bills category? Are they still low? What, what does this do for them? I, I think it makes them a legitimate. Uh, playoff contender there was some still some question as you look at the coming out of the AFC East there uh with with the way things have fallen but I think they're legitimate now uh, it's unfortunate I don't think they have the opportunity to win that win that division obviously with the Bills there but um you know they do have a win against the Bills already yeah yeah but they got to go to Orchard they, that wasn't at Orchard Park was it I don't No that was in Miami, yeah, Miami. no they It was in a hot Miami too I don't was, think that's going to happen but uh, anything's possible this year, and I'll say anything is possible. So I, I think it does make Miami a significant playoff contender, if not a a, a top wild card seed. So uh, yeah, definitely definitely puts them in there. Uh, I, I'll say this about the Broncos just real quick. I don't think it's a it, it's a taking their season out. I think Jerry Judy stayed, and if Judy had left, then I think they were calling it uh, for this year, maybe even next year. But uh, I, I think that. Um, with Judy staying, I think there there is some talk that Chubb has lost a little speed. Uh, that he isn't they they would not he wouldn't be worth signing again, and the Broncos would just be in no situ no they wouldn't be in the position to be able to have those two types of contracts with Russell Wilson, and Bradley Chubb holding them back. It would have significantly affected them for the next three to five years. So I think he was gone regardless. So I don't think him moving actually was we're tanking. They've got an outside shot at that at that wild card uh, spot right now. Anyway, so yeah, I think. Uh, oh, and uh, when does Randy Gregory come back? That could be a part of the you know the the reason that they felt comfortable getting rid of him. You know what I mean? That I'm not sure. Uh, they, the buy is week nine. They've got this week, and then they're on a buy. Is that right? Yeah, next week. Or have they already been on the buy? Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I that's that's probably a good a uh, 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 good thought. And then. Uh, Kevin, the the first as we started off this, I will say this. Oh, sorry. This, by this week, by this week. Okay, this has been the reason I think this this uh, season has been so crazy for, as far as deals is. We saw the last two seasons be in the pandemic and not really sure what was going on, not having the fans in the stands. It was a little bit different, and this is the first one after that new uh, collective bargaining agreement. And I think we're seeing that there's movement here because everybody kind of stood to see what was going to happen with that. And I think we're seeing a lot of movement this year. We never see this much movement in the NFL on a on a on a trade trade deadline. And I think those two those two conditions really made this one fun. If I hadn't been working all fucking afternoon, this would have been great <laughs> to watch uh, the the wires and and watch it all happen and speculate. So, oh, so I've got uh, I've got uh, last year's uh, trade deadline, and uh, we've got people like uh, Melvin, e- Melvin Ingram to the Chiefs, Von Miller to the Rams, uh, Mark Ingram to the Saints, uh, Joe Flacco uh, to the Jets, big, big, big move. Zach Ertz to the Cardinals, which wasn't really that big of a deal. So Stephon, you're pretty much. It sounds like yeah. you're proving our. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore to the Panthers. I mean, it's not like it's not a lot of moves, but it's like there's some names in there. It's just not. It's more names than I thought, though. LJ, Ingram to be honest, yeah. was a was a playoff move. Didn't work yeah. out. And Von Miller. Von Miller. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, not huge moves, except for obviously Joe Flacco going to the Jets is the the, the All super- those guys <laughs> off, their, off their prime. These guys, a lot of these guys were prime guys, I, I to me, it seems like. Pops, put a bow on the uh, Dolphins talk. I'm just to throw out interesting for you here. These are per game numbers so far this year. Josh Allen averages one more yard per game than Tua Tungavailoa. He had Tua has a four to one touchdown interception ratio. Josh Allen is three to one. Tua has a better pass rating, completion percentage, and QBR. I'm not saying Tua is better than Josh Allen. How good are the Dolphins and? Are they real, real threat? Like, what do you feel about the Dolphins moving forward after seeing what that offense is with Waddle and Tyreek and now adding a little firepower on defense? I, I think Tony probably hit the nail on the head. I don't think they're going to win the, that division because they're in it with Buffalo, but I think they're going to be the top wild card uh, seed. And uh, and I like them because so, they got uh, they got Jeff Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, right? Jeff Wilson went there. They, they got rid of Chase Edmonds, right? I think that was part of that deal, which I think could help the Broncos a, a little bit, a pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, you know, how long can you can you depend on Lat Murray? But he's not looking bad. Um, I think the Dolphins are for real. I think they will definitely be in the playoffs. Definitely. Uh, let's go on to Tony. Do you want you want to just pick a trade or do you have another trade? What was someone that interested? Pick a trade, any trade. Hawkinson. 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 All right, let's go in an intra-division trade, which we don't see all that. That was unusual, I thought. The Lions trading TJ Hawkinson over to the Vikings. The Vikings seemingly throwing their chips in the middle of the table. I mean, they are six and one right now. Someone on the podcast may have called them a fraud record. I I might be that person. I don't know. (laughs) Some picked them to get to the Super Bowl. They're probably feeling a little better about that pick right now. Uh, Tony, what does this do for what, – what do you think about the t- the Vikings here? Well, when I first saw the trade, I, I thought Irv Smith is out for the year. Um, but it is a high ankle sprain, so it may be a six-week injury uh, if it was just a one-to-one to get a tight end. But I don't think it's it. I really thought, okay, something's wrong with Adam Thielen because Hawkinson is more of a slot receiver than he is really a true tight end. But he's that hybrid, and, and it's what you need. He's a playmaker. They really don't have a playmaker outside other than out, out to, to compliment Justin Jefferson because Irv Smith yeah. didn't do it. Adam Thielen is a possession receiver now. He's not that guy in the red zone anymore. It's phenomenal for Hawkinson. I think it's a great deal for Minnesota. Uh, Detroit did two things today. One, they traded Hawkinson, and two, they fired their passing game coordinator or the defensive backs coach um, or both. I think he's both. I, I can't look. remember which one he is, but um, – there's movement there in Detroit. I, I, as much as we like him, I don't think we're going to see their coach next year. But uh, Mr. Campbell. So, but uh, um, next year, not the, in the middle of the year. I'm not, you know. Uh, but uh, I thought that was very interesting that Detroit has said we, we're not going to make anything in 2022. Let's get ready for 2023 and beyond. So, pops, they're they're the Vikings are six and one. I mean, the only team with a better record than the NFL is the Eagles, who are undefeated. And they're getting closer and closer to that division's getting even closer to being wrapped up early because the, the Packers just can't figure it out. They're probably going to get at least one home game, and we know it's hard to play in Minnesota. That crowd is a good crowd. I mean, the Vikings, how, how dangerous are they? Because they still – they toyed around with the, the Cardinals last week for a while. What do you think, Pops? In the NFC, I think they're they're – Pretty significant. Um, I mean, if they were in the AFC, maybe not so much. But 
But I think they're going to I think they're going to win a game in the playoffs. Yeah, I think definitely they're going to win a game in the playoffs and I think they're you have to look at them as a Well, they, a potential they could Super easily Bowl. get the first round by us if right. they win a game. That's putting them in the NFC <clears> Championship. And I, I think that's possible. I, I really do. I could be them in Philly. I hope Dallas uh you know in the in that championship game. NFC I was going to try to see their schedule coming up. See if we're going to get any big tests. They got the Commanders this week. The Bills coming up though. Hey, I uh, or they're on a bye. They're on a bye. Then they got Commanders and Bills. They, so they've got a tougher schedule. We'll get to learn a little tougher bit. schedule. Hey, I wonder if the IT department. It, here's something real quick for the Vikings, and then back to you guys. IT department, if you could tell me the defensive rank of the Minnesota Vikings from weeks one through eight, and the improvement that they've made. So wait, you want? What their defensive oh, like what rank. it was week one, sure. and what it is now. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. What do you want? Uh, like uh, yards or touchdowns? Or yeah, just... overall defensive rank. All right, all right. It does. So pops, it, watching that game, I don't know how much you got to catch of the Vikings Cardinals, but they never quite. It. Am I the only one that watched that? And I know I've kind of become a noted Kirk Cousins hater, but am I not, watching that? You just kind of like. It was a one-possession game for the longest time, and then I think their kicker, they scored a touchdown, which should have made it a nine-point game, but the kicker missed the extra point, which left it, the door open for an eight-point game. And I kept going, how are they going to do this? Like, how how are they going to somehow let the, the Cardinals get back into it? They just – I don't see them put away teams. They're winning games, and 6-1 and one is 6-1. and one. Are you worried that – there's two ways you could look at it, I guess. You could look at it, hey, they're winning the games. Doesn't matter how you do it, you're winning games, and they'll catch their stride later. Or you could look at it as like, are they winning now? But the shoe's going to drop, and all of a sudden they're going to start dropping these these coin toss games. Where do you stand, Pops? I mean, they still got Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, uh, <clears throat> Thielen. I mean, you're right. I hadn't seen a lot about Thielen. Bring Adam Hawkinson. And they just added Hawkinson. And, and I'll be interested to see what we see on this defense. It seems like they've been improving. I, I'm just – yeah, it seems like the other shoe could drop, but I think they're going to be there in the end. I, I, I really do. I think they're going to be in the mix. LJ, do we want to – do you have – I know we're, uh, we put IT on the spot here. Yeah, sorry. IT's working on this. I'm trying to – It could be later. Filibuster. Well, I mean, I'm just – No, it's you fine. It's fine. It could be now. It could be later. I'm – the team that I think – I, I want to go over to this trade and the team I, that I think is getting ready to go on a big run, and that's the Ravens acquiring Roquan Smith from the Bears, mm-hmm. giving up A.J. Klein, a second-round pick, and a fifth-round pick. I think – and this is, again, you could have said the same thing about this is me being optimistic about the Ravens, but every game they've lost this year, they easily could have won. And I think that's kind of the NFL. You get a lot of one-possession games. You, a lot of teams can probably say that. But the Ravens easily – I think they found their offense and they got back to that running offense against the Bucks on Thursday night. And then their schedule is getting good going forward. Tony, what do you think about the Ravens moving forward? And what do you think about that Roquan Smith trade? I really like the trade. I, I don't know that it – it does as much for the Ravens because really where they were um, suspect. Well, I'll say this: if he's got pre- if he can get pressure from the outside, it does help their their defensive uh, secondary because they can't, you know, they can't hold for more than four seconds. And so if if Roquan gives them the ability to uh, to to keep that and play a different style of of defense in the backfield uh, in the secondary. I think it's a I think it's a really good trade if that's the if that's why they did it. If they just went to go get another big lineman uh linebacker uh combo, then I'm I'm not sure it's good. But is there have you seen any news on Mark Andrews? Is he I haven't. 
You're not sure? seen much on him. He was not because the, the one thing that scares me with the them. Okay, the one thing that scares me with them is Bateman had a foot injury coming in and like re-injured the same foot injury like first quarter. Then Ingram goes out. I do think kind of forced him to get to that running game. I know uh, J.K. Dobbins is there, but Drake looked good while he was there. Lamar looked like Lamar. That offense got kind of rolling in that second half. And I pulled it up because I knew the schedule was look good. Just let me tell you what they got coming up. They got the Saints on Monday night, bye week, and then Panthers, Jags, Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers. They easily could rattle off a bunch of wins in here, or if they're the frauds, like if they if they keep having these let teams stay in the fourth quarter, who knows? I I really like the Ravens moving forward. I think they. I don't remember what I said last week on uh, AFC North, but. I, I think that the Ravens win that division. I think that's what I said last week, but I'm doubling down if so, because I just I like where they're heading going forward. Uh, let's see, another big trade. We didn't talk about it because I think it might have happened afterward. Does the uh, – Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs. Tony, does that matter? For the playoffs, it does. I, I don't think it matters long, for them. That was a long side. Well, the, the reason is, is Kadarius Tony is hurt. Regardless of what he says or doesn't say, he's hurt. And the, the other thing is, he is a phenomenal physical talent. And, and we just haven't seen him because he's been hurt. And if he's motivated, which Patrick Mahomes will motivate wide receivers, if, if he gets healthy, fully healthy before the end of the season, I think he's one of those ads that you see all of a sudden uh, like, um, gosh, who was the guy late in the season in the playoffs last year, the running back that just took off? Um, and now I'm going to forget. It, for the Chiefs or for who? I can't I, no, I can't remember. Anyway, he's going to be the, uh, one of those guys that you're going to say, oh, why didn't I think about this guy uh, during the playoff run? You know, it's I think he could be uh, very impactful. Um, and then the other contender added a little more firepower. You saw the um, Bills add Naheem Hines pops. Does that matter? Or is it just a little depth to running back? I mean, do you- well, it's depth at a, at a place. I mean, from what I've seen, Singletary is still going to be the main guy. But they got rid of Moss, who I think they had a little issue with. They they probably just they were disgruntled. They needed to get rid of him, and and they got at least as good. I mean, not probably a between the tackles back, but somebody that uh, I mean, in a pass happy offense can certainly take an out you know, uh, uh, a wheel route and, and, and do something with it. So I, I think, I, you know, it's not super exciting. Um, it's not like CMC to San Francisco, which happened before the trade a little bit, but deadline, but still, I think a good trade for Buffalo. Um, so let's get, let's, let's wrap up trade deadline. I, you kind of mentioned up CMC. Let's, I kind of want to talk, um, that game. So we had the, was it the 49ers and the Rams? We kind of thought, both the Rams and Bucks need to get a win because we're like, what's going on with them? Both get beat. The Rams get throttled against the 49ers. And um, I'm not necessarily changing course and saying the 49ers shouldn't have given up the picks for CMC. But, boy, he sure looked good in Kyle Shannon's office, didn't he? Yeah, didn't he, he did. He did. By the way, here's a little fun fact. Um, the last three 30-plus-yard 30 30 TD passes in the last three years – um, CMC has one. Trey Lance has one. CJ Beathard has one. Jimmy G has zero. <laughs> huh. <laughs> zero. Huh. <laughs> that, well, and also um, CMC became, and I, I kind of wonder if this was Kyle Shanahan just kind of rubbing in a little bit because the Rams wanted CMC. They're like, 
we're going to show you just what you missed out on because he can do just a little bit of everything. The throw was beautiful. That 30-yard touchdown was really nice. The catch he made looked real like that's a, that's a good receiver catch, let alone a running back. And then he looked great running the ball. The, I believe, third player ever with a passing, rushing, and receiving touchdown with Walter Payton, LaDainian Tomlinson, and well, uh, CMC. Well, but LJ, you're putting your finger up. Yeah, wait, there, wait. Was, there was another That's guy There was another guy that did that too. Am I wrong? Wait, what? Yeah, and it might be even better because he, uh, he had uh, two receiving touchdowns on top of that, so he actually had an extra touchdown uh, more than oh. these other guys did. In the game, so he had four touchdowns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two receiving, one passing, one rushing. Then why is he not getting brought up in the stat? Yeah, so this actually heard. this hurt this comes from uh 2001. Uh he uh uh was actually in uh the game, the first game ever played between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And uh it was David Patton, uh wide receiver. Yeah. And it's uh it's pretty wild because he uh in the highlight reel I've got, you can hear mm. uh Chris Chris uh Berman talking about how uh uh, Bledsoe's hurt, and uh, so is Terry Glenn. So I don't know how they're going to do it with this uh, Tom Brady and uh, David Patton, and uh, so we all know how that kind of ended up. But uh, yeah, he—I mean, he had an incredible game, like a 97, 91-yard bomb from Brady. So to, it wouldn't. Yeah. How do I not? That's insane. I don't know how I've how I've missed this. Yeah, he had. I mean, it was an incredible game, and uh, and and people are just sleeping on it. And it was like only two thousand one. I mean, you know, maybe it has something to do with heat. He died not too long ago, but he was quite young and didn't really have like that big of a career. So he like his like celebrity level is relatively low. Seven touches, 226 total yards, four touchdowns for Patton. Patton had four touchdowns in the game. Brady and Manning combined for four touchdowns in the game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think. So I do think I I may have figured out why they're not because the stat and they're just cherry picking. And to leave him out because people don't know the name, so it doesn't sound near as good when you say like CMC, yeah. LT, Walter Payton. You're like, oh, those are three Hall of Fame or two Hall of Famers in CMC. I think CMC is the third running back to ever get oh. all three because Patton was technically a receiver. So the stat is true, but okay, but Patton's game is more impressive. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I think no it's kidding. my favorite one of the the bunch. To be completely yeah. honest, hmm. so pops they they throttled the Rams. CMC looks great. Oh, by the way, the guy we love, Debo Samuels, didn't even play. Didn't even play. I mean, the 49ers, they're scary, aren't they? Well, they are. And I, do they have a winning record yet? Um, I'm not I think sure. they're four and three. I got the standings. I want to say they're three and four. Um, three or four. They see. are currently four, four and four. four. They are the last <clears throat> team in the playoffs right as of right now. Because leaving the division like we all predicted was the fight in Geno Smith set. In Seattle, yep. King of accuracy. Well, Seattle is definitely either, but they're five and three and leading that division. And I, somebody was getting salty and thinking about picking them early in the year, weren't they, Kevin? Was that you, LJ? No, I, I thought they were the worst team in the NFL. That's well, I did I too, but so. I thought somebody thought they were going to be good, and uh, boy, they are. Um, they're okay, very none good. of us. Hmm. So, but 49ers, 49ers moving forward. Is it? Are they Super Bowl or I? I personally, they kind of fall. I think they're more talented, probably, and I like their coach, or at least I trust their coach a little more. But I still think Jimmy G holds them back. I don't trust Jimmy G. I, I think they have great talent around them, and I think LJ might be the Jimmy G believer on here. He came on kind of defending Jimmy G a little bit. I don't know what they're. Dad laid out the stat for you the last 
He hadn't thrown a 30-yard touchdown. I mean, but who's getting the ball to these guys for the last couple of years? The only reason you know these guys' names is because Jimmy G is can that, get, is that the, get the ball to your playmakers, Kevin. That's all you got to do. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Just good enough for the team to think, hey, we might should move on from this guy. Not, not the first team that wanted, that wanted to get rid of their quarterback and get rid of Jimmy G. I don't know. I feel like I teams mean, usually tell you what they think about a guy drafting Trey Lance in the yeah, first round. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they like him that much. But I'd still say, I'd still say, I hold he's on to pretty. him. He's pretty. He's so pretty. Yep, that's it. That's the whole reason. That's for that's sure. the reason. Yep, that's the reason. Uh, so here's another thing for the IT department, and not that I want to keep the IT department busy all night long, but I saw the stat. <laughs> kind of sounds I, like I it. Yeah, no, I think I think we're going into time and that, a half now. Whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Worth every penny. Right. Kyle <laughs> Shanahan is now seven and zero against Sean well, McVay. Six and one in, in the, regular the regular season. season. Yeah, he has. There's a one pretty big one. In the, one big one in the playoffs, playoffs last year, but in the but, regular season, <clears throat> he owns him. He does. So it's not a shock that San Francisco would go in there and waylay the Rams in the regular season. Are the are the Rams done? Yeah, their leading rusher was a, was a guy named Ronnie Rivers. Who the hell is Ronnie Rivers? Uh, if you were watching that, fantasy football like now on Sunday, like, you would uh, know him because that was their pick for the uh, uh, unknown of the day or long shot of the day was Ronnie Rivers. Matthew really? Berry picked him too. It's like what the hell? Uh, but I uh, just some dude. So so the Rams. So but so pops, are they done? They done. Uh, I mean, I still – it's hard for me to say that a Sean McVay coach team is is done, but man, they got no running game. I mean, zero, not a sc- – and what – And they didn't go get one. Cups hurt. Uh, that's the only offense they had. You know, I guess if you – if gun to my head, they're done. If I, if I have to choose done or not done, I'd say they're done. Well, luckily enough, they get to go – basically, it's the loser leaves town game we got. Rams, Buccaneers, which one of these teams is done this week? I didn't – what do you think about the Bucks, LJ? Tom Brady still can't figure it out. Uh, that team looks a little broken. Where, where yeah, though, with the Bucks? Yeah, I think you're dead on. I think the uh, the winner of this game makes the wild card spot in the NFC, and I think that's where it is. You think it's decided three twenty five on Sunday? Yeah, we'll I think it is. We will know by the time we go to bed on Sunday. Tony, do you agree, or do you think both these teams find a way? I think last week we all kind of just assumed they'll figure it out, they'll get going, and then. To lose, I, I wasn't shocked that the Rams lost, but to lose like they did, and then the, the Bucks to lose. I mean, I, to a really banged up Ravens team. I know I just talked about how good I think the Ravens are, but they were so banged up, and the Bucks still losing that game. It just seems like y- you can clock either one of these teams with an egg timer. They're so damn slow. It's just they're they dadgummit. They're they have gotten old really fast. Not there's anything wrong with being old when you're like me, but when. Um, <laughs> But for an NFL team, they've gotten old really fast. Both of these teams, there's no pl- there's no really solid playmaker. There's nobody that's a, oh wow, make that play. You know, when you're triple team in Cooper Cup, and there's nobody else to take that away from me, it, it's it's really tough. And um, yeah, I the Rams, uh, I think McVeigh is really leaning on this uh, rookie Kyron Williams, who should be back next week. He was activated, I believe. They drafted him to be the 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 sensation. I don't know if he can save him. I, the same thing for the Bucks. I just don't. They've got the talent. It's just not happening, and I I just can't just can't figure it out. That's why I tweeted 
on Sunday, I, I, I just don't know NFL anymore because the Rams should have done a lot better than they, than they did. And, and uh, I don't think either one of the, t- to be honest, I, I still think the Bucks make the playoffs because they, it's so easy for them to win that division. I think the Rams are done. I think they are definitely done, gun to my head or not, if they lose to the Buccaneers this weekend. Well, the problem with the Rams is I think we assumed the Seahawks would be two wins for them, and I, I don't know if they can beat no. the Seahawks yeah. right now. And I don't know the Cardinals are going to be two wins for them. DeAndre Hopkins has made them a yeah. significantly better offense. Now they still got trouble on defense, but um, they're they're significantly. And they better. play doesn't the NFC West to the NFC West play the AFC West too? Yeah. So that means the Chiefs are still on their schedule coming up. The Broncos, the vaunted Broncos. Uh, yeah, you got to watch out. You got to watch out. Broncos country, let's ride. Now you want to play the Raiders so, twice? Jeez, up Pete. So Tony, what you're what you're saying is the Bucks and the Rams that they may not be old for the earth. They just kind of old for the turf. But, yes, sir. They just, they just, I could not have said it better myself. That's correct. <laughs> you know, a team on the in a, on the AFC side, and actually they're getting ready to play uh, the the Chiefs this week. And I continually, continually go, "This is the year." The Titans aren't that good. This is the year Derrick Henry falls off, and Rabel just finds a way to get those guys to play, and they play hard. And here they are. Six and two, number two in the AFC right now. Technic, I think I saw that number two. They're technically ahead of the Chiefs, and that will change this week one way or the other. Derrick Henry, fun fact, last four games versus the Texans, 892 yards, <laughs> nine touchdowns against the Texans. I don't know what it wow. is about Houston, but Derrick Henry loves just deforming the crap out of him wow. for touchdowns. Those are like high school stats. What a, I, what do I do with the Titans, Tony? Are they good? I guess I don't know. I, you do with them what you always do with them. I mean, last year they were the number one seed going into the playoffs yeah. and then lost. Uh, you, you know, that's them, and uh, they play in a division where they can get a good record. Nobody's able to challenge them yet, and it's great for them. Uh, I, you know, this is going to sound like the strangest thing ever said. Stick them in the NFC East. They're probably what. Two and six. Oh my God! Yeah, you're probably, I, it's hard, you're probably right. hard to believe you're to say that. Right. But um, yeah, and uh, hey, but yeah, I'll tell you something you can do with Tennessee this week is take them to cover twelve and a half. They're getting twelve and a half points. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying it's. I'm not sure that's what. That's got to be do, an Arrowhead, but, right? Okay, at least it's an Arrowhead. That's arrowhead say, there's no a, way they're twelve and a half dogs in Tennessee. That's arrowhead with the Chiefs expected. off a week with Ryan Tannehill perhaps out. I don't know. Oh, was Tannehill out? Tannehill. We'll, okay. well, yeah, I, I don't know. He was out last week. We'll see if he's still out this week. Um, they won with Malik. He might be out. It's a lot. It's a lot. For, a reporter say what you asked will, Malik Willis what he uh, yeah. what he thought about his ten attempt game, and he said, "Man, when Derek's running like that, I mean, he's got me. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I don't need to throw the ball. I, I, I'll hand the ball to that every single time he's running yeah. like that. His, hey, uh, we kind of." Briefly mentioned them pops, but I and I meant to say this. Is is there is Geno Smith like in the MVP discussion? He that sounds crazy, but uh, there was a lot of people saying they might be the worst roster in football and they're solid right now. They're playing I, I would say he's change, but right now. He's definitely in the comeback player of the year discussion. Yeah, for oh, sure, yeah. for sure. I think he is now the favorite on that over Saquon as um, of today. MVP. 
That sounds insane, but I mean, yeah, it's a little stretch, but yeah, he's playing well. I mean, I know, I bet the Jets would like to have him back. <laughs> yeah, everybody um, like right him now. back right he has, now. He, he's going to have yeah, an awesome. Everybody, he's going to have an awesome like like later like a uh, just an oral history of Geno Smith's career because he kind of had a little run with the Jets like he looked decent. Then he had that whole weird thing where he got punched in the jaw by a teammate. Broke his jaw, and there was this weird. And then he kind of got benched, and then he went to New York Giants. And the one minute he came in was when McAdoo benched Eli Manning, who had the like crazy long sack record or starting record. And then like fans went crazy, so they took Geno right back out. And then he's just been sitting behind Russ forever. He might have been this guy all along. He just never really got a shot, and now yeah. he's getting the chance. And he's he bet on himself, and it's working. And then it was it's. We've already heard, you know, the Richard Shermans and, and some former uh, Legion of Boom people kind of throw little subtle shots at Russell Wilson. And then today after the game or uh, Sunday after the game, Tyler Lockett even goes, it's real fun. It's crazy what an offense can do when no one needs to have all the credit for everything. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that was a shot. That, that was a shot across yeah, the like, bow. What do you mean by that? Yeah. And that often they're, they're fun to watch. I never I did not think this coming in that they were going to be a fun team to watch. And they. I, I enjoy watching the, the Seahawks play football right now. And then Kenneth Walker running back, solid back. There's Is that what you're going to say, Tony? Yeah, Kenneth Walker. It What Brees Hall made the Jets, which unfortunately looks like that's over. But um, Kenneth Walker does that for Seattle. It's he He's a talent. It's going to be fun to watch for a while. And, yeah, I like him a lot. Maybe the most exciting game of Sunday – did well, not wait, ex- wait, wait. I wanted to, I mean, I'm going to throw in for Gino. I mean, he's my MVP yeah. right now. Okay. 100%. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's like, he's taking a team that nobody thought was going to be any good and put him on his back. Um, he's, I mean, we were like, we were looking at like Drew Locke maybe being the starter and, uh, and he's been an elite talent this year. So like, I, I clock him as an MVP right now, barring major changes. I'm trying to see. Okay. So in current MVP odds, Josh Allen's one, Hurts, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, then Geno Smith at plus thirty two hundred. I mean, I'm I'm putting five on it right now. I'm just going to put five on it. There's no doubt. You say Micah Parsons is he not even in the voting? After Geno, it's Kirk Cousins, McCaffrey, Tua, Derek Carr. So they're just saying a defensive player ain't going to win it. Wow. Micah Parsons is down below Travis Kelsey and Russell Wilson actually at plus twenty thousand. That's heresy, I say. Heresy. Uh, LJ's talking about throwing five dollars down five dollars yeah, on Michael Parsons. Well, you said hell yeah, yeah. You said the name is going to hurt Gino. It's Kirk Kirk Cousins. I Kirk Cousins. Yeah, well, and Kirk. If if the, could, if the Vikings if are winning. are fifteen and two at the end of this year and the number one seed, tell me he's not. <clears throat> uh. Kirk Cousins won't be the MVP. I can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead. I'll bet that. That's a, I'm <laughs> yeah. just. I'm just right. keeping my uh, status as number one fan here. You know? Number one podcaster. Yeah, number one podcaster. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. If um, you know, so, you know. Right. <laughs> the most exciting game of Sunday was like we all assumed it would be the Panthers and Falcons, and just like we predicted, <laughs> it was the NFC South on the line. Crazy. Here, here's something crazy for you. The Panthers, if they would have won, they'd be leading the NFC South, which technically would put them as the fourth seed in the playoffs. Since they lost, they're now currently slated to pick number four overall in the NFL draft. The NFL is a funky place. Um, 
DJ Moore has he gets the Mahomes even said it on Sunday. He tweeted out the throw of the year from XFL legend, as LJ likes to call him, <laughs> PJ Walker throws a bomb beautifully. I think it was the most air yards of the year so far. DJ Moore catches the touchdown. Now all they need to do is kick an extra point to win it. DJ Moore takes his helmet off. I te- so technically you can't take your helmet off on the field. It's an automatic fifteen yard penalty. You could argue maybe he was already on the side, like on the like running past the end zone when he took his helmet off. I don't know. I kind of really hated that. You, I guess the short story pops. You just can't do that. You can't take your helmet off right there. I mean, I kind of hate the rule because that was an awesome catch and a celebration. What do you think, boss? I mean, I, you just can't do it. You know, I'm usually that way, right? A rules, a rules, a rule, and you got to follow the rules. But that was a bullshit call. I mean, I hated that uh, because I mean it. I don't know. I really – he wasn't taunting anybody. He was just excited because he caught a freaking bomb and probably almost should have won the game uh, with it. That, that was You could tell, call. man, he looked – it was hard seeing him on the bench in the overtime too because you could tell he was like – because even afterward, I think the guys were like I, – because I believe DJ Moore's kind of the – he's a quiet guy, but he's the leader in the locker room. Like, I mean, it's just – and that's why they said when they started trading players away – they they came out right away and were like, DJ Moore is not on the trading block. He is the guy we really want to keep in the locker room. We want to build around him. We think he sets the tone. And you could tell like they were like, ah, it's DJ. We're not mad at DJ. This is he's not like that kind of guy. But you could tell he looks so defeated because he was just like, damn, I'm gonna lose this game because I just I, I had a lapse in judgment and took my helmet off. Tough call. I, Tony, I the, the to be clear, and I think this is what Pop's saying, the call is the right call, but a bogus call. Yeah. It is, and uh, by the letter of the law. By the letter of the law, and DJ Moore is such a clean player. You never hear anything bad about him. He does right. He does the right thing. He does everything, and then all of it. You know, man, I don't know if I probably would have taken my helmet. Hell, I'd have taken every piece of clothing off that I had on if I'd have caught that. That'd have been running around. Well, keep your clothes on for the podcast. Wow, I'm glad you didn't get that. Yeah, we're lucky it's a podcast, right? So. yeah. So when the YouTube channel starts, I'll do that. But um, the uh, uh, but it, yeah, I, I think just wait just, for that. That's a like, come right on, man. There. Why can't somebody go running over to you? Put your helm. Put the helmet on. Put the helmet on. And he did feel bad. And he's just a great. And so the thing about Carolina, though, unfortunately, they had a chance to win it in the overtime, and the kicker shanked a thirty-three yarder, and um, which that was that kicker a, looks like he's twelve years old. I know Eddie Pinero. Pinata is what he's going to be, and uh, but um, <laughs> or liquored up kicker. Yeah, so I I cannot tell you I was when DJ Moore. I just just to let everybody know I was watching that game in my in my back patio, and when DJ Moore caught that pass, I just went screaming out because I had Carolina money line, and so and I had said on the podcast last week that I was staying with my prediction of Carolina winning the NFC South. And Kevin, as you said, this would have put Carolina in the lead uh, for the division. And it's like, look at this. How lucky can a guy be? And then what? Penalty? Helmet off? Oh, no. And so you're like, oh, crap. Now this feels yeah. like a 49-yard extra point. Yeah, I'm not going to say how many things were thrown from my back patio. Uh, my neighbors, yeah, I had to go to my neighbor's house and ask them to return the igloo, uh, cooler that I threw over the fence. But anyway, um, but still tough break, had it right there. That's a shame. And, and I think that just, 
the bottom line on all of this, the NFC South is crazy. Any, it's anybody's yeah. game. Anybody's game still. Um. So, Pops, we are now I, – I let 30 minutes go by. Right? I don't know what the over-under was. I don't know what time we're at, actually. But uh, it's uh, time to talk Cowboys, right? Uh, the Cowboys put up 49 points, 42 offensively. What time is that? <laughs> Future MVP Micah Parsons also got a touchdown there because I kind of felt bad for Justin Fields. It's hard to blame You should have probably touched him, but I'd have probably jumped over him too, try not to get hurt and assume someone else touched him. But – uh. What what what's our takeaway from the Cowboys game? You know, I, Kevin, I'm going to have to defer. I did not get to watch one single minute second of the Cowboys game. I was I was helping haul firewood uh, at the time, and that's what I was doing. So didn't get to see it at what all. What time? What time did the Cowboys well, play this weekend? Quick. You need to go haul some more firewood. They're on a buy They're this weekend. Oh, yeah, I should have done the firewood this weekend. But uh, they, uh, I know t- Tony Pollard had a pretty good game. Dak on his second week back looked a lot better to me. He had 21 for 27, 250 yards, two touchdowns. Trey Pollard or Tony Pollard had uh, Tony Pollard. Yeah. 40 some odd yards. 14 yards, 131, 14 carries, 131 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Also had a catch for 16. The dude looked, he looked like a guy who doesn't want to give the, the starting job back to old Zeke Elliott. I think Zeke's still going to have his job because I think you saw Pollard's really good at right around 15 touches. He needs to get 15 touches every game, but it is still beneficial, and it kind of goes back to what LJ talked about weeks ago where it's still nice to have a running back that'll get you, when they're going to play those cover twos, that'll get you four, five. Pollard breaks the big ones that Zeke can't really do anymore, but Zeke is still a four or five-yard guy and then a good run blocker. I, or, yeah, pass feels, blocker. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, pass blocker. It feels like, and LJ, maybe you can throw some water on this because you because you know how we. Well, I don't want to speak for everybody. You know how I get with the Cowboys. Um, the Kool Aid started to taste really, really good. There's like some extra sugar in it. That's that good Kool Aid. It's not that like that Kool Aid Zero. Do I need to? Do I need you to put it up higher to where I can't reach it, or should I just go ahead and go all in on? No, no, no. I'm not going to take it from you. This is some good juice, and you you deserve to drink a little bit of it. Bit okay. of it. But can you remind me real quick who? Who did they play this week? The Bears defense has been good this year. Yeah, no, they're 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 playing well. They just I, got to. I'm telling you, it it contains 100 percent real juice, and I'm gonna let you drink it. <laughs> but I want you to know that you should sip it because you could get a headache. It still has some uh, cornstarch in it. Um, I would sip it very lightly, but okay. you can still drink it. I'm not gonna okay. put it away. Make it last. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna take it from you. You're good. I'm telling you, LJ, it's tasting good right now. It's tasting yeah. real good. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. I even, you know, I even they showed Mike McCarthy, and I thought. He looks like you slimmed down a little bit. I was making compliments <laughs> about Mike McCarthy. <laughs> hey, did, uh, did you hear that uh, Jerry Jones might get fined? For what? Well, his Halloween costume this year was a blind ref. <laughs> oh, <I see> that. <laughs> and did you hear what he said? He was. I was just trying to show respect or flattery as the. They, and I'm like, oh my god, no, you're not. No, you're not, yeah, Jerry. You've gone see now. Jerry. Freaking Jones, what a what a guy! Um, did we have? I just wanted to make sure we got Cowboys mentioned because you know that that needs to happen every time. We, um, I have one court. comment to make um, yeah. about my. So I had 
I had Asshat uh, uh, as my oh, I even brought up Asshat Aaron, Aaron Rodgers as my fantasy quarterback, and they were playing Buffalo. So I went and picked up, or I have Derek Carr. I thought I'll throw Derek Carr in there. Yeah, they're playing New Orleans. You know, I think New Orleans was hey. the number thirty-one defense in the league, right? Um, so he gets benched, scores one point, and the the the, the Raiders get shut out. Oh, that's one out. more and, point than the offense. Scored. And you want to you don't want to Josh McDaniels? Here's what he said. I got a quote from him. He goes, "I believe we haven't reached our best football yet." <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> really, Josh? Really, Coach? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> legend. Oh man, right. ten more years for this guy. Can we can we get a new contract? I'm loving well, this. He did get a vote of confidence from uh, from uh, the, the the owner. In there, oh, good, so. good, good, good. So, yeah. Thanks, Davis. I can't believe, um, that. I can't believe yeah. that. What pops? Uh, do you know how many games or how many plays Derek Carr had on the te- other team's fifty, like across the fifty yard line? I do not know, Kevin. Derek Carr had zero. Jared Siddham got a few before the end of the game. Derek Carr had zero. Zero snaps across the 50-yard line. Yeah, did you see uh, Devontae Adams got uh, – he got two whole yards. I do. I heard he, I heard he had the flu. I thought he was- uh, yeah, I already had a flu. It was the flu game. Okay. Not like Jordan's flu game, but a flu game. <laughs> yeah. I- Tony, I know you like firing AFC West coaches not named Andy Reid. Does Josh McDaniels now join that list of uh, – Okay. Because I know Staley and, and Hackett, I know they're on that list. So I'm going to go on a rant here a little bit. Hey, the floor is yours. Mm, Okay. So look, man. Mm. LJ's like, let's go. So you had a chance to be a head coach before, and your crowning achievement was drafting Tim Tebow (laughs) four rounds in front of anybody else that would have drafted him. And I think it's shown over the past few years that, yeah, Tim Tebow was not a first-round quarterback. Mm. He had one 60-yard run in a playoff game that does not make you a good head coach. Then he, goes back to, then he goes back to New England and, conversely, runs Tom Brady off. <laughs> and, uh, and now we make him a head coach again. To, it, as far as I'm concerned, Josh McDaniel – can be serving burgers at Wendy's oh. in Sarasota, Florida no. for the next 20 years, and I think he'd be better off. We'd all be better off. Ooh, Josh McDaniels is not a head not coach. Not all of us. He's, he's not the asshat. He actually got Rogers more wins is. with Tim Tebow than he has with Derek Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm just how – do you, how do you have Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and you can't score a – Josh Jacobs running like a man possessed. You can't score a fucking really? point against the New Orleans Saints? <laughs> Jesus, Pete. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And the only thing – Did worse, I say ranked 31st in defense? Yes, you did. The, the only thing worse okay. – By the way, there's – for anyone not, not aware, there's 32 teams out there. Yeah. Second to last. Yeah. Yeah. That and I, I guess – uh, you know, God, we could have put him against Florida Atlantic, and maybe he could have scored a point. <laughs> possibly, I don't know, possibly, but it's just ridiculous. Uh, this guy does not belong as an NFL head coach. Well, I, you know, he just. I, I think ten more I, years. No, no, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> but, it's not going to get any better than well, Devonta Adams and Josh Jacobs. It, it, it's not. It, how's it get better? You got to give him more time. We got to give him more time. It. Darn. I do want to make sure it's clear because I'm pretty sure Mark Davis is a subscriber. He downloads, he listens, the owner of the Raiders. And thank you. Thank uh, you. Uh, as a part of the podcast, we want to make sure you know, and LJ, I think you can back me up. 
Ex- what we mean is by this extend Josh yeah. McDaniels. Ten extend. more years. Ten yeah. Yeah. more years. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, What's the sure. last time a 10-year extension for a coach didn't work out? Sure. Oh, wait. Yeah. John Gruden, the Raiders. Nothing, nothing. Don't oh, worry uh, about it. Don't worry I, about it. It can't happen. Can't happen. Yeah. Go ahead. And, yeah, Mark. Here, here's a shout-out to Mark. Mark, mm-hmm. look, man, I got I got two two things for you. First. Also, get a new haircut. Mark. No, get, yeah, a new, Mark. No. get a new hairstyle. Yeah, no, you look, you look beautiful. <laughs> retire, you look, retire the Floby. No, you look you, you look gorgeous. Get rid of it. You look so good. It's not working for you. Or or dye the red hair. I don't care which. But you got to get rid of the Floby. And two – uh, I extend Josh McDaniel yeah. for eight, ten years, and, at least, and all at of least. us Ooh. in the AFC West will be just really happy. Thanks, thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Can I get Tony? Can I get a a, a quick on the fly power ranking? Go from worst to best AFC West coach. Woo! Mm. Uh, McDaniel Hackett, Staley Reed. Oh, okay. Hackett beats me. Okay. okay, okay. I thought I thought maybe Hackett might still get four because I've heard. Probably, I think it's some pretty of those close. Same rants with well, no, I, I, after this weekend, I, McDaniel had, you know, it's like, okay, they had a couple of rough games, started out with a pretty pretty tough schedule, but these last three or four games, there's just no reason they shouldn't be at the at least 500, at least 500 with that. With that yeah, team. and this weekend we saw the Broncos turn it around in London, so, you know, I think, I think that job is pretty safe for the foreseeable future. <laughs> so this is just another example of a um, – Patriots, former Bill Belichick disciple, not working out. Don't so well. hire Bill's kids. Don't hire Bill's Do kids. You, Rabel's doing can okay. either one of y'all name the the winningest coach who was a former assistant for Bill Belichick? Winningest NFL head coach that was a former assistant of Belichick. Can you one name? Um, I mean, he's Rabel also does the only one. I mean, he's well. I don't think he was ever an assistant coach for the Patriots. He played for the Patriots, but he was never an assistant yeah. coach. Oh, Patriots. right. He yeah. was an assistant yeah. coach. Uh, was, is it Cornell? Romeo? This this person that's, that's is guess. also the only former assistant to have a winning record as a head coach. Do uh, yeah. we have a guess? Oh. Hmm. Uh, the one, the only, Bill O'Brien. No. Wow. He's the best former assistant he's got a winning record wow he's a head coach he had a winning record yeah oh wait because how long was he an interim coach was he an interim coach for a few Uh, games anyway never mind i don't don't care that's a good stat pull that's a good stat pull there you go now now bill's kids will be hired soon um no don't hire let's get on the picks let's look a week uh whatever are we in week nine is that where we're at jeez um wow let's look at it let's make some picks let's make some money Tony, I saw you rubbing your hands together. What you got? Woo. Favorite. Uh, or you can start it wherever you want no, to No, I favor. No, favorite's good because for me right now, it don't make it. And I've got Prestige Worldwide's picks, by the way. Um, uh, so, give, give us both favorites then. Give us two okay, favorites. Okay, I'm going to give you two favorites. So my first favorite, I, I uh, was uh, trying to decide between uh, these guys that I'm going to take and uh, the Dolphins. And maybe there's just too much, too much noise about the Dolphins this week for me to take them. Minus five at Chicago. So I'm going to go with the New England Patriots, uh, five okay. and a half at home. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to take – I'm going to take – Against the, the Colts, the, the, right? The Indianapolis Colts. Because yeah. if Sam Ellinger is still the quarterback, when they go into New England, there's just no telling what Bill Belichick's going to do to him. So I'm going to take the – I'm going to take the Patriots I like there. that. Uh, take the Patriots. I like the – I just like the Ellinger versus Bill yeah. Belichick bet. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Prestige. Um, and Prestige. Prestige is taking Minnesota three and a half. Yeah. 
against the Commanders. All right, well, Prestige, let me just let me just go ahead and jump on Prestige then. I'm with him. I, I'm Kirk Cousins' revenge game. He's going back to FedEx Field. Yeah. I think he would love nothing more than to drop four touchdowns on old Danny Snyder and, and just dominate oh, probably the Commanders. Would. And the Commanders just aren't very good. That's- LJ, what you got? Well, I think that uh, Tom Brady is going to uh, make the wild card, so I'm picking them. They're going to win by over three points. Buccaneers, Rams, oh. Yeah. And they're pretty much – so Buccaneers are the home team and they're favored by two and a half, so Vegas is basically going like, we don't know. We don't know. What's yep. what's the line? Is it two and a half right. or three? Two and a half. Two and a half is what I'm saying, Four, yeah. Five. Is Minnesota three and a half or three? Rams minus – or Bucks minus two and a half is what he's okay. got. Okay. All right. Good. That's what I got. Okay. Yep. Same. Same. Okay. Same. Pops. Boy, I have Minnesota at three and a half at Washington too, and I'm going to take it because that was my first my first choice. And I'm trying to be a, a, a more favorable podcaster, um, <laughs> but I do think Miami Miami might beat Ooh. Chicago more than five. The, the yeah. potential weather up there scares me a little bit. You know, Miami's a, a warm weather team, but all right, I'm going to stick with my first one: Minnesota minus three and a half at Washington. Right now, Chicago 61 degrees right. and sunny at kickoff. Yeah, too hot, too hot. Don't even like it. Mm-hmm. That's my uh, let's, let, let's go snake pops. Uh, I, I think we might know this. Underdog? Did you already say? Uh, Moneyline dog or cover? Just cover. Just cover. cover Jets. Jets. I don't think they're going to get beat by more than 13 at Buffalo. I, really, mean, I, just, I just don't. Tight. Hmm? Wait. The okay, Jets okay, are, okay. are plus 13 yeah, at, yeah, uh, yeah. versus Buffalo. Uh, yeah, so, at home. That's a – Ooh. Big. Number. I thought about that, but man, they look like a completely different team without Brees Hall. Completely different. Yeah, I think. I'm actually going to hit Tennessee. Had a game but, where I, I think Buffalo should have blown out the Packers, and they kind of had some. And you heard uh, Josh Allen say it multiple times at the game, like we just had a bunch of dumb plays at the end. <laughs> we should have had it, but I could see them going. All right, let's let's really blow out a team. They just think they're back in the conversation for AFC. So let's let's show them who the big dog is in the AFC. <laughs> so I, that one scares me. LJ, what you got? I think uh, you already told us earlier. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Titans uh, plus twelve and a half because I just I yeah. cannot imagine a way that you know it's a ground and pound team that's going to go for possession, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. I just don't see them losing by that big of a yeah. number. Yeah. Last time the Titans played the Chiefs, they did beat them twenty-seven to three last mm. year. So the playoff mm, that game, cover. interesting. Mm. Wow. That wasn't the they didn't play them in the playoffs, okay, okay, did they? Okay. The Bengals beat them in the playoffs, even though the Titans, I think, should have won that game. Um, underdog to cover, Tony. You got one? Or yep, you got yep, two yep. for us? Uh, yeah, I got two here. Uh, so uh, Tony is taking Hot Atlanta plus three with Chargers coming to town, and the reason I'm doing that is because I I lost this fact over the last few weekends, and it's cost me money. So, folks, remember, West Coast to East Coast, East Coast to West Coast, if the home team is the dog, you got to take the home team. That's what you you got to take them. Fuck the New York Giants. Okay. You just, it's, it's just a rule. It's not even like who the teams are. You just go That's home right. team is the dog. Doesn't matter. Take the home team. So I'm going, okay. with, uh, I'm going with the Falcons uh, plus three against the Chargers. And a big and over. Prestige. Big over. Prestige Worldwide is taking the uh, Carolina Panthers plus seven. Yeah, okay. I guess the Bengals. Yeah, yeah they were you ugly mean, this week. Ugly. They were bad, they were but bad. they got to get right. The they should. How long is Jamar Chase out? Because that seems yeah. to be. Six weeks. Yeah. Five well, weeks. He apparently is the straw that stirs the drink. Yeah, we uh, got some time. Yeah. 
Interestingly, so uh, I, I had this pulled up, and it was it was a Bengals uh, statistic. The most times a quarterback has been sacked since 2021, including playoffs, Justin or Joe Burrow is at the top at 99. That is 30 more than the next best guy, Justin Fields, the second Damn. at 67. So it's it's Burrow by a lot. It's protect Burrow. You what are we doing? To. Jeez, protect that guy. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm I'm rolling with that too. Carolina Panthers plus seven and a half. Yeah, like. Is that so? Move. Is that prestige that did Panthers? Yes, sir. Me and Prestige are seeing the board very alike right now. Yeah. We're we're on page. So either we're both idiots or we're both dead oh, right. I, I, I'll go with the second one. Um, and then just a dog to win outright. I can't lie to you. I don't hate that Panthers one, but I usually like a, a road dog. So I'm gonna go. The wheels are falling off. Green Bay loses to Detroit. I got Detroit beating Green Bay at home. Dan Campbell's okay. gonna get he's gonna okay. he's gonna get in the locker room. He's gonna go, man, man, let's do this. I don't, <laughs> yeah. He just says men a lot in, uh, on yeah, the hard yeah, box. Yeah. I, I, I like the lines. Let's go, let's go live. All right, LJ, what you got? Uh, my fighting Geno Smiths. I think uh, the Seahawks can win that game. Um, yeah, I got no problem with that. Ooh, what, 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 plus, what's that? What's, plus two. Yeah, I got plus one and a half. Breaking the fourth wall again, that might actually be a lie. I'm not 100% sure because I'm recording this after and I didn't write down what the bet was. Uh, so hopefully one of the other guys did and they can call me out on this next week if I got this right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like yeah. that. The, yeah, the Seahawks. Yeah. The Cardinals are terrible at home. Yeah, they are. They are. For weirdly, if nothing else, just go Seahawks just first half because the Cardinals <laughs> Just at home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bob's who you got. Yeah. All right, I've got uh, Jacksonville with getting getting one and a half versus the horrible Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Um, hey, that, yeah. and that, by the way, I don't know what we're thinking, LJ. That is the home team. They got a guy, a team coming all the way from the west to the east, and the home team is the dog. Yeah. Wow, see, just Tony just told us, and me and LJ just that's, forgot. I mean, that's every single rule, right? Boom, boom, boom. That's I, the rule. We should have listened. I don't know why we're betting on the stupidest games right now. I, I'm sorry. I mean, Tony, you can lead them to water, you know. But <laughs> I mean. we'll we'll learn one day. We'll learn. Oh, Tony, who do you got for your? Did you already say money? Yeah, you said I haven't said that. yet, but I think y'all have guessed it already. It's the Jags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Jags the rule. Plus one. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's uh, right. Uh, no, don't do it. I, I know. As soon as I looked at it, I was like, Vegas <laughs> at Jags. This is literally what Tony just said. I am two for 15 the last three weeks, so don't be careful. Uh, <laughs> be careful. Uh, this is the week we turn it around. That's right. Prestige has got the Rams. He's going the flip side of that Bucks okay. uh, game, and he's taking the Rams okay. uh, on the road. I got it. He says I'm he just, says they're not just they're not quite as old as the Buccaneers. <laughs> sure. Is do you think there's a chance that Asshat goes in there and just throws a big old hissy fit that he didn't get a receiver at the trade deadline and just is is just like extra asshattery? Aaron Rodgers against against Detroit. Uh, yeah, it's possible. I the, the kicker there is whether Alan Lazard plays or not. If Lazard plays, they're yeah, fine. That's a big, uh, Detroit it's without TJ Hawkinson, they, that really does hurt him. But um, uh, Green Bay's not playing very good defense right now. Uh, they're, they're just not—they're not a very good team. And, uh, and and Aaron Rodgers does not give a shit. And so no, Aaron Rodgers is going to catch that one point seven five million dollar game check. I think that's so. <laughs> yeah. what he—all he, yeah, all he so, cares about. Actually, I, 
I think at week 11, I'll make this prediction right now. At week 11, if if they are fundamentally eliminated from the playoffs, that Aaron Rodgers comes up with some type of mysterious illness or disease or injury, and he doesn't play ever again. Oh. Do you think there's a shot just kind of going on that same that same line there, Tony? If the Bucks somehow lose to the Rams, I'd say somehow they're at the toss it's a toss up game, but if, yeah. if the Bucks roost lose to the Rams, their next game is in Germany. Is there a chance that Tom Brady has a mysterious like, oh Tom Brady's not traveling with the Missouri, he's gonna stay here in in the state. I this could be an ugly retirement for Tom Brady if they lose a couple more. I honestly next. think that I I halfway expected Tom Brady to be traded today. Whoa, that would have been uh, that would have been big because I think he knows it's over in Tampa. Um, but I don't. I, I think Thomas. I think he's got a problem. I I think he doesn't. He's he doesn't know when enough is enough as far as football is concerned. He does for Brazilians, uh, but he doesn't. I think, I for think football. Giselle might say the same. And so I, I um, yeah. I think he's no. I I think Tom's in it for the long haul. Uh, Aaron Rodgers could give a shit. He's an asshat. Um, LJ, you said before we got going that you wanted to you wanted to ask Uncle Tony. The World Series is going on. It's tied one one at the moment as of this recording. The Phillies are up. Well, I don't know if someone waiting. Are you? Should I not tell the score? Tony? Oh hell no! I can't get later? Fox here in Little Rock. Damn it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm watching see, the game right now, baby. It's rough, isn't it, Tony? It sucks. It does suck, yeah. Well, for those that do get Fox, they're probably seeing that the Phillies are up 7-0 True. at the moment. LJ, what were you going to talk about? Well, so I, about? I've been, you know, I've been watching a lot more baseball this year than I usually do, and I've just been wondering, like, how accurate are MLB pitchers generally? Like, if, if someone wants to put it on the corner of the strike zone, are they likely to hit that? Or is there, like, you know, like a foot in any direction makes sense? Or does it depend on fastball versus cutter or, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, so I would say this, that any major league pitcher can put a fastball anywhere they want. Anywhere they want. Uh, for ninety-five uh, percent of the time, and if they miss, they're gonna—they're not gonna miss more than one or two inches. And that's fastball. So I—that's a fastball. Okay. Because yeah. So when you start talking about curveballs and uh, changeups and uh, any kind of pressure pitch where you're where you're putting pressure on the on the ball to make it move, that gives you a little more leeway because the ball is moving, and really in most cases. Those pitches are not thrown for accuracy. They're thrown for movement to get a swing and a miss. Right. So, um, but yes, major league pitchers will can throw a fastball and be accurate within one to two inches. So if I see, so so I guess what I'm thinking then is if I see like a pitcher pitching outside on a fastball, they wanted that to be outside. They wanted that to be outside of the strike zone and see if they can pull a swing or keep it outside of their range or whatever, right? Yeah. Yes. It's just never yes. an accident to do that. Normally, okay. no. You, you, I, it, so let's just <clears throat> never put this way. If, but yeah, if if a pitcher, let's say a pitcher throws a hundred pitches a game, which is sure. an average. Let's just use that eighty-five to hundred pitches. There is going to be, and they throw fifty fastballs. There's probably going to be three of those. They're they're going to miss two to three inches. That they may have missed a target by that. Okay. Much. But in 
but 90% or greater on a fastball, they're going to hit their target within an inch. Okay. Okay. Cool. It's just they've done well, it so They've done it so quick. Much. Quick pitching question. I think it was game one. Did you get to watch any of it, Tony? I game saw one? some. I, I saw some. Uh, uh, some highlights. Game one was wild. Well, they. I think the Astros brought in. Uh, I, th- I think he might have been a Dominican name. I, I can't remember, uh, but he was a relief pitcher, and he came in. He, he must have weighed two fifty. And he put every ounce of his body into that pitch. And he was 101, 104. Every pitch was three digits in speed. I mean, it was incredible. He surely couldn't have thrown very long. Right. But I've never seen a bigger man put more of himself into a pitch. It was unfreaking believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blew my mind. Yeah. And so I, we talk about the physics of football a lot. You know, six foot four guys that are running four four, mm-hmm. the, the amount of force they can put onto another human being is, is incredible. Well, it's the same thing with baseball players. So if you can put so much force through your arm and into a baseball, uh, the, the small muscles that have to do that, you can't do it for very long and survive. And so you're absolutely right. So if you've got guys, Araldus Chapman is a great example. He's a freak of nature, yeah. six foot five, six foot four, was throwing 101, 102 consistently. But all of a sudden, people started using him 25, 30 pitches an outing, and he just disintegrated. And uh, and so, yeah, you you put 240 pounds behind all that move that movement forward, and you can throw it. You can get it that going. Fast. Yeah, that makes sense. You can do it ten, well, maybe ten times or so. But you can't do it much more than that. Well, then explain CC uh, Sabathia. I mean, I don't. Was he a very? I mean, he was a big man, and yeah. he he was he was overweight. I mean, come on, let's be fair, yeah. right? But he he was a hell of a starting pitcher. Absolutely. But he was. All, How does he do that movement? So so when you say one hundred one to one hundred five, so here's here's the difference. I can be, well, I'm not two eighty, but I could be two eighty and go out there, and if I can throw a ball with movement. I can be effective. That's the key. If I can, because if you're seeing a, a changeup or a curveball or a slider at 85 to 88 miles an hour, and then I throw a fastball at 91 or 92, there's probably enough movement difference that you may swing and miss. Or you may watch it thinking it's going to break and it never breaks. Like it's too late at 92, 93 miles an hour for it to go through. The great pitchers, and CC was good, but he wasn't a great pitcher. The great pitchers have that five, that eight to ten mile an hour difference between a fastball and a slider. So I can throw an eighty-five mile an hour slider and a ninety-five mile an hour fastball, and you don't know the difference mm. until it's right on top mm. of you. The great mm. pitchers do that. Now, there's only been a few pitchers. CC was one of these that, that have great location. Greg Maddox is probably the name that comes up the most. Could put it anywhere he wanted to. It may have four or five mile an hour difference, but you just never knew what kind of pitch it was coming at you. That's to, in today's game, especially. There's you can look at all the statistics. Movement is the key today. There's so much movement. Well, that's what that that's actually Greg Maddox is what made me ask that question uh, because I was watching a video and they were talking about how he would apparently like throw a pitch and it would be like low and he would like freak out like he just he missed his spot like he was he was angry that he missed the throw. And uh, so then the batter would think, okay, so he's going to try to hit whatever pitch he was going for again, and then he'd throw a breaking ball down the middle. So they'd swing at that one, just knowing that it had to be a fastball down the middle. And uh, so it's yeah. the head game. The head game of pitching is cool. I love it. Yeah, it's cool. Oh it yeah, is cool. it is. It's yeah. That's what makes baseball so great mm-hmm. is the head game. But 
Greg Maddox was a freak of nature for the the amount of control he could put on a baseball. Mm-hmm. Never did throw. I don't so, think he ever threw it more than ninety five miles an hour. Mm. Tony, where do you stand on? I think they've talked a lot about, and I just thought about you talking about pitching, and they talked a lot about bringing in like. I don't know what the exact wording is, but getting rid of the ump and making it to where strike zones aren't like an ump thing. It's just like a, it's a, a camera tells you strike ball. So it's never right. It's always right. hundred percent of the time. But then I've heard pitchers don't like that because it kind of, there's part of the game where you kind of lean on the ump and you kind of create your own strike zone. Cause you're kind of inching a little more over there. And there's a part of the game we're missing out. If we just go all uh, robotic, what, what's your stance on that? Yeah, I agree. I, I am not in favor of that. And, and a pitcher, Two two things. Uh, the pitcher wants that umpire to have some. All that you want an umpire to be is consistent. Whether whether he's inside a little or outside a little or high a little or low, you just want to know. And so once you know that one of the great nuances of of baseball is working that umpire, working that human being to make him think, oh, he's calling it outside. I'm just going to inch it a little further, a little further, a little further. Let me get it out there and see how far I can get this. And uh, batter's the same. I know this guy's calling everything outside, outside, outside. So I know I'm going to really, I'm going to wait for this one. I'm going to take it that way. Mm -hmm. That's part of the game. The second part of it is catchers. Pitchers can manage it, but catchers, you take away a piece of the game, Mm -hmm. framing a pitch, working an umpire. It's been part of the game forever. And if you you start to go to those, uh, to a a machine or where it's automated, you take that part of the game away. And, and and I think that would be a shame because it, it was, it's, it's, um, you know, it's just like Michael Irvin. The 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 greatest man to ever work offensive pass interference. Half the time he was it was pass interference, but mm-hmm. he worked the referees so well and was so good at it. He created that separation that no one else could. I think there are there are catchers that are so great at the game, uh, framing and stuff and working Wouldn't the cars. I think that, the that Cardinals catcher is pretty famous for that, right? He's a really good framing. Yeah, catcher. Molina was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really. There's several, but it's just great. I would hate to see that happen. Mm. Um, all right, well, let's wrap up with. I don't know, Pops, if you have a bougie problem this week, but I did actually. I stumbled across a, a man on that almost had a bougie problem, and I think he found the answer for it. So, <laughs> this this man in China won won the lottery, and the lottery won netted him $29.9 million in American dollars. It's different over there, but it came out to be about $29.9 million. And he was worried he was going to have an issue. He thought, well, if I win the lottery, then all of a sudden my family is going to get lazy. They're just going to just rely on this money. So what he did is he went to go receive his check. He's only being identified as Mr. Lee, and he received his check in full (laughs) costume. So you couldn't tell what he was. And he says he's not going to tell his wife and child, (laughs) quote, I didn't tell my wife and child for the fear that they would be too complacent and would not work or work hard in the future, the man told the newspaper. He donated $5 million to charity, and the rest he said he's going to put away. (laughs) But not telling his wife and child because it's going to make them lazy. It's one thing maybe you don't want to tell your child yet. You want to put it away in the savings. I mean, I'm not the one with the wife here, but I don't, that, that's a big secret to keep from your wife, $30 million. 
Seems like a what? big secret to keep yep. to me. Um, I wouldn't want my wife to keep it from me. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's you know the next high, the next uh, uh, the, the next thing in the news is Mister Lee dies of mysterious illness. <laughs> wife collects. You know, no, that ain't gonna work, man. Mr. Lee better tell the wife. Mr. Lee, (laughs) if you're a listener, tell tell wifey. Tell the wife in front of a whole bunch of people. (laughs) A whole bunch of people. Or just do it with a nice present. You got $30 Yeah, you wanted to surprise her. Surprise her with a brand new car. Yeah. Yeah. There is something, but you want everybody to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Because now... Because now he's not about to have a bougie problem. He's he just going to have a real problem. problem. Yeah, that's that's, a problem. Problem. that's right. If he just tells her, then next thing you hear is, Eddie, half, Eddie. I want half, Eddie. So Pops, don't want to be there. Uh, I don't um, I, I, I don't think it sounds like you still don't have Fox. So it, good thing you couldn't watch. You weren't there to watch the Cowboys game. You probably would have missed it anyway if you were at home. Uh, do you have any bougie problems this week? You know, I, I do not. I do not have uh, a bougie problem okay. this week. Uh, life's been good to me so far. <laughs> well, that's just that. I mean, that just yeah. makes me happy. I mean, it takes a weight off my well, good mind. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that. Tony, do you have any bougie problems besides work for getting that as trade deadline? No, it's nothing it's that, that I can. I you. really want to say now. I do like my job, and I want to keep it. So I'm gonna <laughs> not saying anything about it. So. <laughs> LJ, I guess, I mean, let's go ahead and check on everybody. You, I'm good over here. You good over there? Oh, actually, LJ, I'm going to cut you off there. Um, I did end up having a problem where a majority of my recording uh, died on me, and I had to listen to the podcast again and pretend to laugh at things and try to uh, figure out what I said beforehand. And so that was a less fun way to spend about seven hours of my day than I initially planned on. But back to you. Pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, listen to us. Just look yeah, at what us. a day, what a day. Um, oh, I'm about to say, uh, you know, a not bougie problem, something pretty cool. I'm working an Ario Speedwagon yes! show tomorrow. That's yeah. right. What's up with that? I get, you- uh, I don't know, just help load in. They're they're touring and they're touring through a place that I sometimes help audio load in. So I'm gonna, you know, I might meet Ario Speedwagon. You know, those yeah. young guys. They're getting a little long in the tooth. You probably need a lot of help. (laughs) They're just getting, they're getting over the earth. Okay. Okay. So here it is. I'm looking forward to it. So LJ, you can do this or not. It's up to you. Okay. But go up to Kevin Cronin. Okay. Say, Kevin, uh, I know some guys from Arkansas. Okay. Gary Richrath, original guitarist for RSP, who's passed away now. Rest (laughs) in peace. Malvern, Arkansas. He's from Malvern, Arkansas. So you go up to say, hey, Arkansas, do you know, I yeah, I knew Gary, you know, I know Gary was from Arkansas, God rest his soul, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll do. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> okay, we'll do. Maybe. Maybe. We'll yeah. see. I don't know, because I can't remember if Kevin and Gary ended on good terms or not, but because you know, Gary didn't tour with them for several years, but um, yeah. but Gary Richrath, original guitarist for Ario Speedwagon from Malvern, Arkansas. Very good. Well, there, there you go. Yeah. By the way, tell it for the tell listeners. Goober out there, says, hey. You guys, fellas. Yeah. Tell Kevin Goober <laughs> says, hey. We'll do. We'll do. This, this weekend, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, this weekend we gain an hour of sleep, right? Then the clocks do something. Oh, really? Yep. They fall back. They fall back. Sick. Fall back. So, yeah, I'm just trying to make sure. I'm just trying to help yeah. you guys out. I think, I knew y'all know. It's for the listeners out there. I'm trying to help them out. I'm trying to, you know. Tony gives you a lock for every week on the picks, and then I'm just trying to make sure every you don't week. miss your alarm. Yep. So. 
Uh, Uncle Tony, uh, last thing, you're, uh, it's a simple drink tonight, right? Yeah, yeah we were show. flying in. So this was just a little Old Settler bourbon. Old Settler, mm-hmm. uh, I got this bourbon from a uh, pull, that uh, a charity pull. If you ever have an opportunity to help out a good cause, and they say they've got a wine or bur- bourbon pull, I would always recommend donating to that. Uh, it's good for everybody. You get a little bourbon. They get a little money. Always do that. And this is Old Settler bourbon, something I haven't had before, but it's a Kentucky sour mash bourbon. A little bit higher proof than most bourbons are. It's about 100 proof, which is a little higher. You'll see some. It's a little younger, but it's got a good good oak flavor to it. It really took to the barrel well, Mm. and um, I like it. Old Settler. All right. Camp blend number one. Old Settler. There you go. Well, there you have it. That'll do it for another week of the Just Press Play podcast. Make sure you're keeping up with us on Facebook and Twitter for anything on social media. And then if you're not already, like and subscribe to the podcast. It helps. And leave us a rate and review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. If you got anything you want us to talk about. And we will be back next week, guys. The day is Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for waiting on me. I'm sorry to not be here ready to roll. Thank y'all. I mean, Pops was cussing you. You should have heard what Pops was saying. Yeah, we, we, we calmed him down. We uh, calmed that him was. Down. A, uh, I mean, I usually cuss Tony before he gets home. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's just usual. a day. That's par yeah, for the course, isn't it? Par for the course. Just what I knew. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring up Gary Grigsbrath and Kevin Cronin. I just wanted to get that on the podcast to get rid of I got you. Got you. Got you. Um. Pops, Tony, do y'all, and Tony, you, he lives here in Little Rock, so you might know, but the, uh, the former Razorback, Ricky DeV- or Rick DeVede. Yeah, was on the deal I with saw you? you on the podcast, yeah. on the uh, broadcast with him Saturday night. He's super cool, dude. I don't know if y'all know or remember him. I do. Know, when like, did he play? What did he play? I don't remember him. Linebacker. What did he, he was a safety, safety linebacker. In the early 90s. Yeah. Safety linebacker. Okay, I would have just been gone by then. He's from Louisiana, but he was weird. He's from New Orleans. Actually. This is going to be. He came to Arkansas. It's going to be weird, but for some reason, I remember him being number two. You have proved His that you jersey number well. was number now two. I could be us. wrong, but I saw him rip the lead yeah, he, uh, on, the, on the broadcast. Uh, I'm glad he's a good guy. What's he doing now? Do you know? He's what was it? Some kind of uh, defibrillator thing. He sells defibrillators. I've got a defibrillator. (laughs) He may be a good guy to do. Well, yeah, he likes sales. He's been okay. The sales manager for Medtronic. Oh, Medtronic, right here, baby. Yeah, I was gonna say Medtronic makes a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's funny. He, uh, he came, I've been 12 years. I might need to come see him. I might need a deal. <laughs> he came a little early.